Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Phil Nesbitt calls in to the studio from a deep, dark dungeon down in southern New York. Um, For those of you that don't know Phil or haven't heard from Phil in a while, um, that's because he hasn't been on the podcast since episode 59, um, named I've Never Tasted Urine. Um, And, um, you know, Phil kind of does his own thing here and there. Um, But this year he was going to bust out with his first 100-miler, and um, COVID is putting that to the test. And we're going to talk with Phil about what he's been up to, um, what this all means to him, if he's still training for a 100-miler and all that other fun stuff. So uh, with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and feelings of runners just like you. Hey, hey Chris. How's it going, bud? That's going, man. Just surviving. Just surviving, huh? Like everybody else, yeah. Well, I don't know yep. if you're surviving like everybody else, right? I mean, you're not, quote, working from home, right? No, I am indeed still working, working. Yeah. The working the working type um, where you got to deal with other folks. <laughs> A little bit here and there. Yeah, that's something. I've uh, I've been home uh, in the out of the office uh, since March sixteenth, actually. So, you know, you ready to go back? Um, no, <laughs> like no. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, happily, I mean, in, you know, at the hospital, we're not we're not at the point where we're saying, "Hey, we're almost through this thing. We're going to go back to normal." I think we sort of have a. Uh, a real facts and figures and real life experience to know like, yeah, you probably should get used to this a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, my team is, we're pretty good, um, at communicating, but yeah, I don't miss the commute. I don't, I mean, I do still like put pants on in the morning. I do that. I make it a point to not work in pajamas. You know, that's something I do, but I don't, I don't miss the commute. I don't miss the road rage. Um, I don't miss trying to figure out what's for lunch every day. Yeah, that's true. Or, um, you know, I don't miss Lumberg dropping by my office. Um, that kind <laughs> of, that kind of stuff, you know, are you having a tough time staying on track though? I feel like that I, if it were me, I just had too many distractions around home. Yeah. Um, yeah. You with you little kids, right? You have four year old now. Four. Uh, yeah, four, and then soon to be two. Yeah, four and two. Yeah. See, I have two nine year olds. Uh, they're they're a little different. Um, they could go two days without seeing me and probably not realize anything has happened. Um, <laughs> right now, they're you know, it's uh it's weird because I don't know when I was nine, all I would be is outside. You know. Yeah. Um. I went upstairs to the to uh, my son's bedroom the other day yesterday, and it was three p.m. on a Sunday, and he's underneath a blanket playing an iPad game with his friend, and I'm just like, dude, it's seventy degrees to three p.m. on a Sunday. Get you're gone. Get outside. Yeah, now. yeah, 
Yes, it's definitely, that's been the biggest challenge, I think, uh, for everybody, especially with kids, is just, that yeah, there's just not structure, and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of, other than if you get, if you get a yard, that's great, but there's not a lot of places they can go or things they can do, so, yeah, trying and, to. And especially with four and two-year-olds, I mean, that's that's exactly what they should be doing now, is being active, touching, tasting, learning, talking, like, getting exposed to everything with, with the exception of one thing. Um, yeah. but, but they should be out, you know, seeing and doing stuff and that's, yeah. that's got to stink. Yeah, it does. I know for us, we were, especially during the winter time, we usually go to like the strong museum a lot. We have a membership to the zoo. So we have all these memberships to things that we're just not able to do. And, uh, I mean, they're going crazy literally going crazy <laughs> at home. So I feel bad for my wife, but I, I, I do cherish the few days that I get out of, out of the off or out of the house and go into the office and stuff. So, yeah, I could, I, you know, um, we, we used to have both the strong museum and the zoo membership. Those were our go-tos all the time. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, but I can, I could see myself, you know, I told, I told some of the other people back, um, at the office, we had like a call where somebody said, you know, I think it was like May 1st. Somebody's like, so do we have any plans? And I was like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm never going back. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, I said it somewhat jokingly, but I'm finding that I can get most of my stuff done. And, um, I do, I do realize that I am a little bit more of a, um, I'm not like a micromanagey kind of person, but I am a little bit more of a high touch. Like I do like maintaining some of the work relationships, you know, through interactions. Yeah. But in all honesty, I'm figuring out some other ways to do that. And yeah, losing the commute time, I'm running more than I probably have in the last six to 12 months, you know? Um, and, and not like in that I'm running more volume. I'm just, okay, I'm just going to go out. I finished work. I'm all done. I'm going to get changed and go out and do like four miles and just yeah. run a little four miles. Cause I don't have to get in the car, drive home, then see the family, then transition into going running. But, oh, it's almost dinner time. Now I should wait until after. Like, that's not happening. As soon as I, you know, lock my work laptop screen, I can go get changed and go run. So that's been really great. Yeah. Well, good on you for improving yourself during (laughs) these challenging times. (laughs) It's, been, um, it's definitely been hard hard to stay motivated. Oh, it's 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 not easy and I'm not saying I do well every day. I'm staying up way too late and not sleeping nearly enough, but you yeah. know, my waking hours are doing good. But I guess that's the one thing that I was I was thinking is like what can I can what can I control in all of this is what happens to me, you know, like what can I do? So, you know, I made bagels for the first time ever in my life. Like from scratch, you know, had a bag of flour and ended up with two dozen bagels. So that was something. (laughs) Would having done it, did it turn out good? Uh, Yeah, they actually did. I mean, I made salsa bagels um, because I've been hankering for a balsam bagel, like hankering. And so I was like, I'm going to make these salsa bagels. And they're by no means balsam, but they got me through in a pinch, you know? Yeah. And then I made some uh, cinnamon sugar bagels for the kids. And my son actually said, these are the best bagels I've ever had. So I'll take that, you know. Right on. Chocolate up. Yeah. 
So, uh, so how's about you? You doing? You still working? Are you working nights still? I'm like a, like an afternoon guy, so I'm I'm usually out by midnight, which is nice. <laughs> I, I like my I like my schedule. Honestly, it, I my uh, I mean, my kids get me up kind of early, but it gives me some time to spend with them in the morning before I have to go in. So yeah. it's it's a good balance. I still get a solid like six hours most nights. So that's good enough for me, man. Six six seven hours on occasion is fantastic. So uh, I'm I'm surviving with that, which is good. It's been busier for us than it than it would be typically during this time of year because there's just nothing else for people to do. And I mean, parks are one of the last few things that have remained open this whole time, uh, open and free. So it's, um, with the playgrounds are closed. There's a few, few of the athletic facilities, things like that. All those are closed, but there's other than that, I mean, hiking trails are open. So people are in hiking, running, you know, using the fields, just generally getting out with their family, which is good. So I'm glad to see people are still living their life. Um, so we're, we're, encouraging that people are by and large being pretty good about the social distancing things but we, we've had some groups here and there you get like a hundred a couple hundred people for something like car shows things like that people just want to get together with their friends but unfortunately the optics of that aren't really good right now so we try to handle that stuff you're legit having car shows down there in the park uh, yeah we had one at hamlin this 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 uh saturday actually we're just like a had, collector's uh, club or something? Nah, it was like younger kids, younger kids with their parents' muscle cars and uh, and tuners just, you know, I don't know, going out to try and socialize a little bit. But they weren't be, they weren't terrible, but they, you know, quickly amasses to a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So, but so just stuff like that. It's, it Mostly it's just people, you know, people want to get out and see the groups that they haven't seen or interact with other human beings in, in person for a change. Cause this, this virtual stuff is just so limited in so many ways. So it's a, yeah. uh, but it's bit busy, but good. I'm seeing more, uh, I mean, guess not surprisingly seeing more domestic disputes, things like that. Um, a lot more mental health calls, at least just based on my observations. So we're seeing an increase in volume of some of the things that I would say are directly related to, to COVID as far as, uh, you know, mental health and just people's patience running thin. Yeah. And just being, being cooped up. I was thinking that imagine like, you know, I, and it's not, it's not to be funny, but imagine like you were at that point in a relationship where you're like, that's it. We're breaking yeah. up. I'm out of here. And then it's like, yeah. Oh no, I'm not out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. Just stay six feet away from me. Would you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah. it has to just be, you know. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned uh, people using the parks and everything. And, you know, if you do go out, in, like, I'm I'm totally off the Facebook, but you still can't escape it. You read anything like Ultra Running Magazine or Outside Online or go out to Instagram, and you're seeing a lot of um, people talking about um, overuse of the trails or new people not really understanding how to use the trails. Is that something you're encountering a ton of? We're not seeing a lot of that. I mean, so we have some high traffic trails, typically the west side of the park's more utilized, uh, and like the Finger Lakes trail is a little more sparse, So, which is good because that's usually a, a more wet trail system this time of year anyways. So we're not seeing a ton of damage, considering how many more, the increase in volume. So, I mean, we're I would estimate we're between two and ten times the average uh, usage of what we would be getting this time of year. So taking that into account, I would say the trails are, are – Eric might disagree with me because he spends a lot more time 
maintaining the trails than I do, but at least most of the people I see are using like trail 18, uh, which is up near the north of the park. So there's a few that are really easily accessible, short couple mile hikes, round trip type of things like that. So those ones are getting hit more, but not, by and large, the majority of them are, are being pretty well maintained still. Um, but I, it's tough because I, I don't really want to discourage anybody from coming out. And if it, if you've never been out to Letchworth and you're, you're not the type of person who normally does that stuff, you might not know any better. And I don't want to say you shouldn't deserve to be able to use those trails because they really are there for everybody. And it sucks. It's a tough balance to, to strike, but uh, to, and, you know, to be equitable to everyone, I think, I think you just got to kind of allow for some of that. And hopefully we can, we can do what we can to maintain them the best we can. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, right? That's, that's what the parks are there for. You just really sort of hope for responsible use, you know? Yes. Um, and, and that's hard because you got, you got some park police coming up to you. You're like, I, I can imagine if you're doing something wrong or you're not in the right headspace, you're not going to be open to the New York state park police, like educating you on appropriate use of the park. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, that definitely, I think for us, especially given the geography of the place and just how, just how dangerous a lot of the areas are, um, you know, we don't, we, we take that stuff pretty seriously. And I think people get annoyed sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when they don't, when yeah. they're not there very frequently, but I, I just, um, I don't understand the rationalism on like needing to be right up to the edge when you got 600 feet be- between you and the bottom of the gorge, you know, it's like, I, I just, I don't know if they totally appreciate how dangerous that is. Cause a lot of that shale and this undercut and stuff, but so we, we try to, we try to, uh, you know, educate, like yeah. you said, just, we try to educate it. Yeah. I, 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 you know, in a very nice tone, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you see how you're looking over at that um, side of the cliff and you see how you you can't believe that that little tree is standing on that little piece of rock. Right. <laughs> you got yeah. one on your side too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or look at, look at that rock down at the bottom. Yeah. That was up here yesterday and it was right where you were. So. Um, oh my goodness. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think like, you know, I've been going out um, and I try to go to parks less traveled or trails less traveled, but even those, as you said, between two and 10 times more people, depending on the weather and stuff. And what are you going to do? You know, like you just try to be courteous and you try to demonstrate the right behavior. And, you know, hopefully some of those people will become trail stewards because they'll remember how much the park meant to them during this time, you know? Yeah. I mean, what else can you, what else can you hope for? You, uh, people are jerks. They should be staying inside and keep out of my park. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. If, if that could be the silver lining in all this, maybe people have a better appreciation for some of the natural resources we do have. And then I, I, I've never seen, I never recall seeing this many people out running and just outside in general. So uh, if people carry some of those habits with them after this is all done, it, it'd be good. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, as eternal optimists, that's all we can hope for, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's it's been good. Just, I mean, we had that work's definitely been good. It's been challenging, but um, I'm able to still find time to, to balance that with running and trying to stay motivated for I don't know what races are coming up, but when if one's 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 here, I'll be ready. That's for sure. Yeah, so how is uh so um you had signed up for Mighty Mosquito 100. You were going to take the leap this year. Indeed. 
You you were there last year with your buddy. Um, what was his name? I forget. Luke. Luke. Yeah. Yeah. So you were there with Luke last year, and you were pacing him in the deadest, darkest hours of the night, and you were like, "Yes." Yeah, it was awesome. So I um, when he told me he was doing it, he had done a hundred before that, but he, that he did one down. I think it was Tennessee or something like that, or Florida. So he finally was doing one local. So I told him after I got out of work, I would swing by and just pace pace the overnight portion before i had to go back to work the next day so i got there like i got out at midnight so i got there about 12 30 and we ended up running together till about seven or something like that she's like give, just give me enough time to shoot home get get a few things ready um shower up and then kind of get back get back and i would love to stay with them and spend some more time on trails with them especially i love running at night and men in ponds is with the headlamp is it's just it's awesome it was a perfect night for it. So I would love to be, have been able to do a little bit more, but it was a nice stretch. I ended up doing, uh, I did the same thing. He did Beast of Burden, the winter one this year, over in Lockport, and I did the same thing. I told him after I got out of work, I, I would meet him, meet up with him. So I drove out there and ran with him for, uh, th- ended up doing about 30-ish miles with him. So, but that that was a miserable experience. It was, uh, <laughs> it dipped down, I mean, before the wind chill, it was, it was like two, three degrees and it was, you know, how the snow gets really crunchy when it gets super cold. It was, it was that, you know, and just, it was awful. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was not one that I would find myself doing anytime soon and not nothing against the race itself. Just, well, I think we, last time we mentioned, like, I don't like the cold. I can do all my runs on the treadmill, no problem. And, uh, it, you know, it was the only reason I was, I was even out there and that was just to support him. So it was it's not something you you won't see me out at that race in the near future. It's a special kind of uh, suffering. So, so for what people, uh, people that don't know the beast of burden, um, there is uh, a canal in Buffalo and it is uh, the Erie canal towpath. It is flat and um, they offer a 50 mile, uh, a 25 mile, a 50 mile and a hundred and then if you do the beast winter and the beast summer, that's a 200 mile. And you think, well, it's, you know, um, it's 12 and a half miles on the canal and 12 and a half miles back. And if you do the hundred, you're doing that four times <laughs> <laughs> and you think, well, it's, it's flat. Uh, it is wide open and in the summer it's full sun. And in the winter it is full wind and snow. Um, it is a special kind of suffering. Um, but you know, I've gone out and I've paced friends at it. I know friends that love that race. Um, that's uh, not for me. <laughs> maybe the, tw- maybe, and I wouldn't even say like the 25 miler because like, okay, that's 12 and a half miles and turn around 12 and a half miles. I mean, I, if I was going to run a hundred on the canal, I think I would want to do a hundred point to point, you know, do like Buffalo to, I don't know what's, uh, halfway, halfway to Syracuse, you know, or, or two thirds of the way to Syracuse or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if logistics on it are nice, right? Cause you, you have the, and from a race director standpoint, you have very limited that you need for aid stations. Um, and from like a spec a viewership, uh, perspective, it's good. It's more spectator friendly, but yeah, like just the, the challenges of running that in the winter, uh, and like you said, it's, it's flat. So it's just really, not a lot to take your mind off of things. No, <laughs> there's, and, there's no distractions. And you did it voluntarily in the middle of the night for a friend, 
you're a really good you're a really good friend yeah uh i chris honestly the best feeling was when i knew i was done and he had uh so we made it i went out and back with him and then i went out to the first aid station so it was i don't know what it was like i guess 30 something miles um and knowing that i knew the whole time that's where i was gonna bail because i had to get back for work uh, and just that feeling like, okay, I get to go home and take a warm shower and he's going to be out here for several more hours. Uh, it was, yeah, I didn't envy him at that point, but he did it. He's, he, he muttered on and survived. So, oh, the sweet, the sweet release as, as a pacer, when you know your time is up, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So much better. I've so, had yeah. enough. Pull the ripcord, parachute opens up, and you sail <laughs> off into the distance. <laughs> yep, it's perfect. So it'll, it'll be me. It'll be me on, on the other side. He said he's going to hopefully come out when I do Mighty this year. That's the plan, at least. So yeah. So um, you you had two pacing gigs, and you decided that you're going to sign up for a hundred. Uh huh. And as of now, Mighty Mosquito is not canceled. Um, it's, it's not, not canceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think August, August races are sort of, um, let's say hoping for the best, you know? Yeah. Um, so your training, are you training like mighty mosquitoes going to happen? I've been training kind of how I, I always train. And I, <laughs> I think <laughs> well, I, I'm a, I'm a lower volume, high, high intensity guy, but I've done, I've done more. I have added more mileage this year, but I just been, um, I've been staying healthy, which is the biggest thing. And I've had, this is the probably, and I, I hate to say it cause I, I don't have any races to back me up this year, but this might be the, the best shape I've been in in like the last eight years. So I, uh, I'm in really, really good shape. I'm feeling really good. And, uh, you know, I'm at the long runs have all gone really well. I've got, some more slated uh, I, I they're weather dependent because i am a kind of a wimp when it comes to when it's you know i don't mind going out and doing an hour or something even when it's miserable but doing a 20 miler when it's it's 25 degrees out and when windy and rainy is uh just i don't know i'd rather be on the treadmill then so yeah. it's um it's it's good though I, i'm i just did the covid 19 miler the the one eric had set up you know i guess not just that was already what the first week of april but um that one is excellent. Me and uh, me and Davin had a little uh, a little duel. So he had the, worked out like this: you could do the race Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and you could do what 1.9 miles, 19k, or 19 miles. And it was a virtual race, so it was just it was you, you honor system, I guess. Um, but uh, he had done it on a Friday, and he ran, I think it was a 6:33 pace. So. And that was definitely my in striking distance. So I, I Saturday morning I got a, a buddy to kind of go along with the bike just to keep me some company. We I did it on the canal from JCC out to the edge of Fairport and back. Uh, and I ended up coming in the, just over two hours and three seconds. So it's a six nineteen pace. So I sent that to Davin, and he he <laughs> I knew it was it would antagonize him. So the next morning he get, gets up and then in the early afternoon he sends me a, a message. He he beat me by two seconds. Which I'm I'm actually gonna call him out here. I, I know he's better than that, so I that I think that's I'm disappointed that he didn't beat me by more, because to beat me by two seconds is almost uh it's insulting. If he would have beat me by two minutes, it wouldn't have been bad. But I, I know he had more in him. So, uh, but he did just run. He ran 19 miles on Friday and then another 19 on Sunday. So I'm not gonna balk at the fact that he did 38 miles at like 6:20 something pace. You know, so 
Do you think he might have beat you by two seconds just to beat you by two seconds? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He could have beat me. He could have beat me by two minutes. I know what a quality runner he is. I think he was sandbagging, and I'm <laughs> like, you know. And it sticks in you, doesn't it? It does. It does. Because I know I could have, I could do a little oh. bit better, but I didn't really have a, I, I beat his time pretty good. So I figured I was safe. But I mean, had I known, you know, whatever hindsight, I could have gone a couple seconds faster. But it, it was a moot point because some some kid that lives in California now, out in Silicon Valley, he uh, he beat us by like 13, 15 seconds or something like that. So he beat us pretty good, uh, you know. But still, it was <laughs> it was a, it was a nice it was a nice motivator. It was nice, a nice test to actually see where my fitness was. It went. It went awesome. Um, my last two miles were like a 604 and then a 602 or something along those lines. At the end of 19, I was really happy with that. So um, just I got all this fitness and nowhere to use it. I, I, feel, I feel lost. And the, the, I was hoping that Eric uh, wasn't going to cancel Nenny and the Jenny, but uh, alas, it, it wasn't up to him. Uh, this, the park's not issuing permits for activities right now. And he just, it was getting too close for comfort. So he did the prudent thing and he canceled it. But uh, that was the that was the one I was really looking forward to this year, more so than the 100 even, because obviously it's home turf. I like that race. It's a good distance. 40 miles is, you know, doesn't doesn't ruin you, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask, um, what, are you, what are you doing that's got you all fit like this? What's going on? I had a good winter um, with the kids being a little bit older. It's easier to, uh, to kind of get out for a bit here and there. And especially, I think it, I, last time we talked, I think it was two years ago already, but I would take my one daughter in the, the running stroller. Now, now she's a little bit older, so I'm doing the same with the other one, but we, we do the, we have a Y mem- membership. So when the one is at school, I can, uh, she goes to like a little pre preschool thing and we drop the other one off. For for two hours, we'll go work out at the Y, you know. So was, by the time you pick her up and drop her off, you get like a good hour and a half workout. So I've been getting twice a week all winter long. I was getting really good workouts. And uh, and then I would go, after they'd go to bed, I would go a couple nights a week too. So I was swimming. I was getting some, some good uh, runs in. And then I was doing a couple rides a week. So it was well-rounded. And just a lot of intensity, but it wasn't, I wasn't overusing anything. I think, I mean, my biggest weeks have been like low 40 miles, mid, mid 40 miles. I don't think I've had anything too much longer than that. Maybe, uh, maybe 50 when I do like a 20 miler for the week, but nothing crazy mileage wise. Um, just really good quality. You're sort of like Davin Osvig in that way that you two only really sort of train at one speed. So those are all sort of high intensity miles. I try to, I try to be just all, I know, well, what, for one, it's a little bit more, I, I can go out and I can kind of like tune everything out and just go and like have a nice enjoyable run. And I do that plenty, but, uh, there's like a range where I feel I can still be relaxed and enjoy myself, but I'm still going into at a reasonable clip. And so I'll do, you know, those will be my, I don't have any where I'm really slogging, you know, I don't have any of those runs where I go out and I'm just, it takes me two or three miles just to get things turned over. Cause usually I have at least a day or two in between runs. So I'm feeling pretty fresh and, uh, I run a lot with Josh Harder and he's had a lot of mileage and he's got, he's, he's running a ton. He's got really good quality in, but, uh, he'll do three or four days in a row. So, you know, I'll catch him on his last day in, in his rotation and I'm, it's, I've had a couple of days off. So we're kind of, you know, I'm, I'm 
wanting to run a little harder and he's he's got 60 or 70 miles into the week so i'm trying to be empathetic for that too so he's he's really strong right now and it's nice to have somebody that's faster than me to push me along on some of my runs yeah that's kind of neat i mean besides having a besides having a pacer on a bike for your 19 mile race it's good to have a training partner yeah that's been uh i think since last time we talked that's been the biggest change he's rel he's close by so we can we can meet up um and he's a teacher so we usually well before all this happened we were we were meeting up at like quarter after five in the morning a couple days a week which was uh again i'm not a i'm usually not an early early person but if i commit to someone else i can drag myself out of bed and into the 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 cold and the snow for 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 the sake of running with somebody I, i do like the social stuff yeah yeah well, that's cool. I mean, it's good that you are, even if you, you know, even if you are feeling fit, I mean, I think it's just good in general that, that you are getting out there and you are doing stuff. And, um, you, like you said, it could be, it could be easier to, uh, you know, shut it all down. Um, but you're not that, you're not really that kind of person. You don't, you've never sort of been that way, right? You've always run and then you show up for three or four races a year. It's not like you're racing every week or anything. So you're yeah. always sort of running just to be fit. Yeah, I, I'd say that's definitely true. And uh, uh, the races, I've increased the amount of races I'm doing the last couple of years. And I think that's good. That kind of acts as my speed work. And it gives, just gives me interim goals to kind of to stay motivated for. So I did a couple of triathlons last year. I did a half Ironman with some friends. Uh, and then I did the Finger Lakes Try. Uh, in the Rochester Marathon at the end of the year, which I was, you know, I wanted to make, I don't know, have some some stuff there in the beginning of the year, a couple things kind of sprinkled throughout the summer, and then I wanted to maintain at the end of the year and just give myself some. I haven't done a road marathon in a long time, so Rochester was a was an opportunity to let loose a little bit, see how that went, which did didn't go well. It went miserably, but it was it was going well for a long time. Just the, the wheels came off. Well, that's all the way back in September. That's that you know, was. What's, yeah, that was pre-COVID. Yeah, what's that matter? That was before <laughs> you had. That's before you had all this fitness. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was back when you could shake people's hands. Still. Oh my goodness! Imagine that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be so weird after all this. So weird. It, yeah. I, it is. I. I'd like to think. I. I kind of hope. You know that it a lot doesn't change because there's a lot of things that I really liked about our social interactions, but, um, I don't know. I, I know what I'm comfortable with, but I try to be respectful what what is comfortable for everybody else. So if, if it's, if it's the end of handshakes and and hugs, I guess so be it. But man, that's, it's just depressing to think about. That's a big price to pay, right? It is. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, once upon a time, the flu was new and, you know, um, all all the other viruses that miracle sciences have cured or um, came up with vaccinations or immunizations or we've developed immunities for, they were all once, you know, killers, I guess. Maybe we yeah. can maybe we can hope we're just in that period that we, we've never had one of these in our lifetime. And, you know, maybe three or four years down the road from now, we'll be like, whew. We're past that, you know. I hope you're right, man. I, I I'm optimistic about it too. Yeah. Uh, I I'm a little concerned that we're 
and I'm sure the, the next thing that comes around will be, will be a little hair trigger for, but I just hope that our default doesn't become this knee-jerk reaction, which is just bring everything to a grinding halt because, you know, there is this, there's this, uh, cyclical nature to some of these things, uh, and it, it's going to happen again in the fall or the winter, and I don't know if it's going to be this or this, this extent, but we kind of have to be reasonable. Yeah, well, I think I think if uh, the other side of the coin is if we would have acted sooner, we wouldn't have had to bring everything down to a grinding halt, right? Like, yeah, I agree. You know, if there was maybe next time, there just won't be so much hubris, and yeah, then then it doesn't have to be everything shut down. But it it got to a point where it was like there was no other options, you know. Yeah. I mean, we saw the, like I said, we saw the numbers at the hospital. Like, it happened. <laughs> it wasn't like, a, is this thing, oh, boy, that's a blown out report. We're like, no, the, the reality reflects the numbers that we're seeing. And, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. But like like you said, yeah, it'll be weird having uh, contactless aid stations and, uh, you know, <laughs> not giving out hugs at finish lines and stuff. That'll be strange. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. So, um, all right. So we're proceeding as if, um, you're going to run a hundred miler in less than three months. Indeed. So what does your training look like now? Um, are you doing like four week building blocks? Um, are you just sort of just trying to amp up or are you trying to like stay at what you're at now? So I am, uh, the, initially the plan was, I was going to use some of these races in, in my building phases. So I had, I had signed up for many, I had signed up for Ontario summit, Sega Honda. Uh, so I had some nice, I guess, quote unquote training runs built into it uh, with those being taken out of the equation. I mean, I'm still uh, unofficially going to run many on my own. And I know a couple of people that are interested in it and looking to do it. Um, my buddy Luke there, uh, a couple other people that have done it in the past. So, we might have some sort of informal, we would never ever just, you know, get a group together and not socially distance and run, but that might something, it, something look, might look like that. And we might do this, do it on our own. So I'd, I'll probably build in more, more frequency on the 20 milers. Um, I was never a big opponent, uh, but I've never done a hundred, but I've not, I was never a big opponent of the back to back twenties. Uh, I, I, I question that, that wisdom a little bit. Cause I think that, the toll it takes on your body might be, I think you can be so ready for races, but the most important thing you can do is just be healthy. Cause if you're not a hundred percent, it doesn't matter if you had a, a thousand miles going into a race. If you're not a hundred percent, I'd rather take well, lower volume and be known that my body's ready. So, um, so I'll probably just kind of amp it up from here. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm doing like 40, between 40 and 50 miles a week. I'll probably add a little bit, I don't know that I'll go much over 60, but I might, I might build in a consistent 20 or 30 miler here, especially like I said, if I do that 40 miler around Letchworth, uh, some, it's what I would call adventures, just go out, throw on the hydration pack and go get lost for whatever, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours. So, uh, got to do it sparingly with the, with the kids. So I'm trying to try to work it around a schedule that works for them. That's the other thing too, is it's training for a hundreds on like other races because, I mean, right now I can go out for an hour and go get however many miles, you know, to get between eight and 13 miles isn't bad. But once I start trying to 
string together two plus hour runs, I feel like I got to sell my soul to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, when you just said uh, go out for seven, eight, ten hours, I was like, what? I've never heard of you doing that before. <laughs> I've done uh, I've done some longer stuff um, around Letchworth, and I. Like, I mean, I have the luxury, like I can throw the hydration pack on and go do like 20 or 25 and then have somebody give me a ride back. So I don't have to figure out a loop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, people there, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I usually do that a couple times a year. Um, and I was thinking that that's probably how to, how I would do that this year. And like I said, either do, either do the many course or there's some a modification that I can get it to like 50, 55 miles. Um, and the self-supported thing doesn't really bother me. I, I, I just got a hydration pack. I was doing a handheld before, just a single handheld, and that was good. But I mean, once I get over a couple hours, it's nice to have a little bit more. So, and I want to get used to using that anyways, because that's the plan is to use that for the hundred miler. So, I, I do have at least like a forty to fifty miler that I've got in the works for the next. It'll it'll happen here in June. Um, I refuse to do it when it's even remotely cold. So I need se- se- I need seventy or above, or I'm not doing it. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. All right. I mean, yeah. You you uh you do know where you live geographically? Yeah. No, I know. I just I hate myself every day. Every day. Every day when it's not nice, I'm like, you know, I I live here by choice. Nothing's forcing me to live here. I mean, I got I got a pension, I guess. So I'm I'm here for the pension, but I could leave. I mean, but you really got to thread the needle. We're only going to get like four days like that. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why this coronavirus thing is crazy because the one thing I look forward to every year, I mean, race season and summer, it's like, it's, it's, if we miss, if we miss summer and we just roll right into another winter, I, I might go crazy. You won't see anybody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it, dude. Yeah. We might yeah. have to stage an intervention. We might have to buy you a winter coat. A real right? life. A yeah. real life. <laughs> you should see when I go out, even like up until this last week, I've still been wearing a, a, a face mask for, for warmth, not, you know, <laughs> not, so, I, you know, full, full gloves, hat, face mask, and like three layers. And that I'll do that up until it's like mid to high fifties <laughs> when I'm running. So everybody, and I, and I've been wearing, you know, long pants over my running shorts. Oh, I haven't run in just shorts, maybe once this year I've run in just shorts. So, when I tell you, I'm like, I'm really cold averse. I'm, it's an understatement. Yeah, it is. What a stark contrast to Phil Nesbitt with uh, half of a triathlon jersey, you know, <laughs> unzipped <laughs> all the way down to the belly button, yeah, running yeah. through the woods. <laughs> yes, I, the clothing is sparse when it's nice, but it's definitely LA to pick when it's not. <laughs> that is too funny. Uh, I need the summer, man. I need it. Yeah, you do. Well, also cuz you got to get you got to get yourself a crew, right? And you got to get you got to get into that habit of like I don't know, for me, I think it would be really weird if if you were not at any trail races if like the uh marathon was your last race in September and then you roll into like a race in August. Yeah. You know, provided that race, how, you like forget how to do it. I pin on your bib and how do you like, where do you register right. and all the, all the things that you sort of get as part of, you know, the, the normal race routine, all those things, you know? Yeah. 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 It, on that point, I was going and doing a couple of triathlons this last year. I forgot one of the things that I, I really wasn't a fan of the triathlons. It's just like the, 
I don't have a word for it. They wouldn't be offensive, but it's just a little bit more structured. People are a little bit more serious. So like, you know, the trail races, you roll in, you can roll in like five minutes before the race starts. No big deal. Throw your bib on and just and go. But the, but the tries is like hours early, fine parking and go get marked up and stage your equipment. And, uh, it's, it really makes me appreciate that the trail races. And I did, I did the freeze roof series this winter just so I had some more races. But like you said, I, I feel like I haven't done it, done it in a while. I, I don't know if I remember how to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a triathlon. I mean, part of that is that mentality. It's that precision preparation that, you know, people like, like if you roll into triathlon, it, you got 18 pairs of shoes and seven different bikes and all the parts to fix the bikes and wetsuits yep. and all that stuff. And, but that's, that's part of the thing. I mean, to, to even think of building a training plan for three different sports, you got to be a bit maniacal and methodical, right? Like you have to, okay, to, I got my brick run, then I got my brick swim and then I got my swim brick run, you know, like, you got a lot of things you got to keep track of. I, yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, for the first time uh, this weekend, a friend um, asked to uh, try out one of my hydration vests and I was like, okay, uh, so I'll, um, I'll drop it off for you tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, where's all my stuff? I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, I think my vest is in this bin. Where were the bottles? Were they in that bin too? Like, you know, I don't know where anything is. I, I wouldn't be able to find my shoes if I didn't hang them up in the same place every day. You know? Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine keeping track of triathlon gear, shorts and shoes, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Life's a little bit easier for sure that way. So, <laughs> so we'll see. August is coming quick. It, it, you know what? I when I was like, oh, so you're gonna run a hundred in five? No, four? No, oh, three months. You're gonna run hundred in three months? Yeah, that happened you, fast. Yeah, it did. I um, fi- of course, this year I finally got into muddy. I've never run muddy. Never gotten Ugh. been able to sign up, and I, I, you know, I was so excited. I finally got into it. So, you know, so I guess it's it's pushed back. It's just postponed till September. I'm looking right now, September nineteenth. So we'll. We'll see, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 jazzed for the rest of the summer. Looking forward to the races. I know um, I'm looking at this picture on Goose Adventure Racing website right now of the Ontario Summit Trail races, the yeah. um, the carousel, and there's a picture on here that every time it comes by, I can't help but smile because it's it's a classic picture. It's it's you out in front running. Um, you got you got. Weldon over to the right. You got Dan Ward in there. Um, <laughs> me and Kendra and Matt Bertrand and Jeff Green are all off to the side. Olga's in there. Like it's just it's a it's a great shot, uh, you know, of of all the people that we're not seeing right now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, so. Um, yeah, let's hope that things clear up. You know, I hope the races make the right decisions you know i i still think even if the races happen there's going to be an element of like you said what are people comfortable with you know there's going to be masks and no masks and people not um, being comfortable and taking deferrals even if the race is going to happen um just it's i think the summer is going to be strange even if there is um even if there are races or events but i do think people are anxious for it. You know, people are, people are itching. They need it. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds weird to say, but it is like for us, for us, it's like the grounding and it's like even to like a, almost a religion, you know, like you, it's just, you see that these people, this is your social outing and this is what you look forward to. And there's a little bit of suffering and like a sense of accomplishment, everything, that, the, the whole thing, every, every aspect of it is just for, for me, especially that's, that's, you know, I, I, that's what really keeps me going through the winter and look, gives me something to look forward to. So. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, you know, it, it's what reaffirms to me that there is, that there is good in the world, you know, and it's like, this is, this is what it's about. So yeah, it's a bit painful. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you're on it, I need to, I do need to give a shout out to the, I mean, I always like to give a shout out to the race directors, but I know it's a particularly tough time right now. And I know it's, it sucks for people that they're having to cancel and postpone things, but, um, you know, I, I do hear a lot of f- feedback from race directors. Well, people are getting anxious and, and frustrated that, and they're, you know, <laughs> refunds are, are hard to come by because they, they have fixed costs with races. And I, I understand it. I, I'm sympathetic to the fact that, you know, you put money down and you don't get to race. But if, if, if you have other options, if a race gets canceled and you have other options and you can, you can defer or even go without just it, not, nothing's more harmful to races than to demand they they refund everything because they end up eating the cost and that that race might not happen the next time you know so i just i try to be mindful that um race directors put all this effort in and and there is a lot of upfront costs so uh, unfortunately it sucks they it's not a good situation they don't want to cancel races but when they have to and i i i've i've heard people threatening to sue race directors and i just that that's upsetting to me it's yeah i wasn't signed up for anything but i i don't think that i would be um requesting refunds and i know yeah. i know for some people money and money's important and it's a big thing and you might say yeah sure you you didn't pay 150 dollars for the race well i have i've paid up for 150 i've paid for 150 dollar races and then uh, done the other dumb thing, which is not trained and decided not to run them and gave the race director my money. Um, yeah. But on the other end, I mean, these are not, and I don't even want to say, cause I don't even want to put down like the Ironman series or the rock and roll marathon series. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Those are very large for-profit enterprises, but even, even they are hurting in this way. Even they had fixed costs and they had contracts that they signed and they have equipment and they have employees and those employees are not getting paid. And so even the big enterprises are still suffering, you know, under this thing. So, yeah, I, I don't know that. I mean, everybody's got to make their own decisions and they got to make their own choices. But I don't know that I would be requesting um, and, and go so far as demanding. I don't know that I would be requesting refunds. Um, you spent that money a while ago. I, I don't think I need it back. But that's, yeah. that's me and I'm in a different place than other people. So, yeah. I agreed. I'm, I, I'm privileged to be able to to say that. You know, yeah. I mean, everyone's still able to put food on the table, thankfully. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a challenging time. But but to to be optimistic, and it sounds sounds like you're you know you and me are trying to be optimistic. So there are some things to look forward to. We we got next you know next month and then hopefully roll into some. I I don't know if uh, has anything in in July been canceled yet. I, I I didn't sign up for anything in July, so I don't know what I think, was around. But um, Boilermaker was moved out of July 
into okay. into September. Okay. I know that. Um I I'm I'm I haven't heard about SPF at all, so I don't know. Um but I I think July's a tough one because if you're putting on a race in July, you're doing work and spending money for it right now. Yeah. You know, you're buying things for it today. Um, yeah. And whether or not you can buy those things even is questionable. You know, I mean, so much with um, whether it's on the shelves or whether it's available to order, like, can you buy the things that you need to put on a race? I'm not sure. And do you want, how much watermelon do you want to be stuck with if you cancel your race? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good call. Oh. So I don't know. I mean, it's tough um, because, it, and then if you want to make it safe for people, you got to put in a ton more effort than you would to just put on a race, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I'm no, I don't know. I know Boilermaker moved. They announced that back in um, April that they were going to move from July out to September. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, weird times. It is. It is weird, but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're, uh, you know, we're again fortunate to still be working, and I'm glad you're still working. The family's healthy. I, I really, I am thankful. I got, I have no complaints. I, not much changed for us. Uh, so you know, I'm still going in, still working. The wife's still taking care of the family, and, um, you know, just, uh, yeah, just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> glad things aren't the way they are because. It could always be worse, man. I- yeah, and it and that's that's the way I think of it too, you know. And and I like, I told my team, I said, if you ever wondered if your if your job actually made a difference, here here it is today, you know. Yeah. Every everything we're doing with our job, making sure that tests are ordered properly and results are getting back to people and patients are getting notified and you know, data is being reported. All of these things are, uh, you know, important, making the system easier for providers to use and to meet all the the new national and state mandates that are coming out and we're, we're hitting them all, right? So like yeah, our hospital is doing all the things it's supposed to be doing and that's that's the best we can do. So, you know, but like I said, the the if you can, if you can control one thing, it's, it's, you can, uh, hopefully to the best of your abilities, you can control how you, uh, handle this, you know, where your mindset is and how you can come out of it, you know? Yeah. So if you, if you feel good enough to go for a run, but you just feel like blah, maybe I'll watch another episode of the Simpsons. Um, maybe, maybe take those 25 minutes and go for a run, you know? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I think we talked 90% about COVID and like 10% about actual running. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We talked about a lot of things. Overuse of trails and your training for 100. And That's true. How you, yeah. how you actually went to Beast of Burden. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty epic, man. That's, I got a lot, of, a lot of respect for people who have done 100s. It's, I think I told you last time, I had thrown out the idea of maybe signing up for 100s. Just me signing up and me having done one is two different things. So I mean, my name, yeah, my name's in, in ultra sign up. I'm signed up, but that means that means nothing. I have accomplished nothing yet. So <laughs> ask me again on August August ninth or tenth. I guess um, it'll be interesting. Those guys, those guys organized are awesome too. So I'm yeah. I'm glad to be able to go out and support them. I saw I 
I saw, I ran into him at, uh, I think it was the Finger Lakes try. Uh, you know, I saw the, the hat, the Blue Foundation hat. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see, the, you know, see the out and about representing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blue Foundation. And, uh, you know, they, they made that event very, uh, very unique and very interesting and definitely turned it into a community thing. And I, I really do like it quite a bit. Um, it will be sad to uh, to not have it this year, you know, given that the uh, Rio pod racers are the defending champions, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it down. So, That'll be tough. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to, to your comment, yeah, I mean, I do think 90% of life is COVID at this point. Like, if it's not entering parts of your life, then... Um, I don't know. That's weird. Maybe, maybe there are some people who aren't thinking about it and doing it all the time. And, you know, maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but it does, it, it kind of tints everything that I look at and, you know, everything I think about considering most of my life is interacting with people and, you know, putting and going to events and experiencing, you know, other, other people. And yeah, it is something that I think about quite a bit. So yeah, uh, but hopefully when it's when it's painted in the image of two runners talking about how it impacts running, it it's um it's a little bit yeah. different, you know. Yeah, it's 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 if if all it is is an inconvenience, I guess we're lucky, right? <laughs> yes, so. yes, that's a good way to think of it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, knowing that uh, Letchworth is active and healthy, and you think the trails are being taken care of down there, and that's all very promising, you know. Um, like you said, if people if people learn how to take care of the park and learn how to experience it, maybe we'll have um, more people uh, to do those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if I could say anything in regards to the trails specifically and the trail conditions, it's just, you know, definitely be mindful of everybody that needs to use them. So it, if you're coming out and it's that sloppy mess, maybe – Maybe that that's not the best the best day to use that particular trail. They get they do get chewed up pretty quick, and the people that take care of them are all volunteers. You know, we have some people. Eric does a good job, but there's a lot of people that really put a lot of time and, and effort into them, and I think they deserve a lot of recognition for the work that they're doing because they do it for the love of the trails and for everybody's benefit. Yeah, the least we can do is take care of them for them too. And that's a challenge that we have too. Now we can't put together trail work parties, you know, we can't get 10 people to go out on a trail and do trail work. So now it is really those intrepid spirits going out and doing work by themselves, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, we, re- we really brought this thing down a little bit, which is good. It was a yeah, little, we got a high note we can end on. You, you got to, do we have any good stories? Like any good war stories over the last year running related maybe? No. So the only thing, the only thing I was thinking about, you said it was two years ago that we had talked. Um, I think so. Yeah. It, yeah. It was January of 2018 episode 59. And I think since then you ran SPF again, right? And, I did. And I believe there is a, there is an iconic photograph of uh, you getting it handed to you by Mike Weldon, right? <laughs> prior to the prior year, I think it was 2017, because let me look, because I'm looking at Ultra Sign Up right now. 2018, I came away with the victory. But 2017, yeah, he, we ran together for a bunch of it. He spanked me, but no, yeah. 
I think it, no, I think it, it's just that one little piece coming out of the park where it's like, oh, really? oh you're talking about from 2018. <laughs> yeah, it's it's from when when you uh, Weldon was leading the race and there was uh, it was it was um, Weldon and then you and then oh, I forget who the third person was, but I was just thinking about that picture as we were getting ready. I don't really want to have to go out to Facebook to find it again either. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not on the social media, so I'm it's yeah. it's it's probably lost in in the ether for me. But. Oh no, I'm sure Mike Mike will email. He's probably emailing me <laughs> right <laughs> now. <laughs> Please, yeah, send it along, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, and then I I think I think I um I said I was going to do, do Twisted on that podcast, and I ended up yeah I ended up signing up and doing Twisted that year, which was awesome. That was a that was a great race, man. Yeah, um, thirteen twelve. Yeah, I was happy. I was happy with it. It was, there was a couple low moments that I ran with Jason, uh, for a while. And then at like early 20 miles, something like 20 ish, uh, I just, it was, I was struggling hard, but you know, I, (laughs) I recovered a little bit and had some people come by and really, I ran with Scotty for a while and it was encouraging. And then, you know, I just kind of did my own thing. And there's a, it's that's a that's a different beast of race too. That course is great, but man, it's it's pretty pretty challenging at times. And it was that year was like just a monsoon, just like epic rainfall for the first. It was at least four hours. So I remember thinking like this can't possibly sustain like this, and it was just it was just washout everywhere. It was crazy. It was to the point where you know you couldn't see couldn't see at times. So, um, it, but that sort of stuff makes it all the more memorable. Sometimes those poor conditions are make the race more exciting so yeah, was they, twi- twisted was awesome yeah and you know i i was when you said you're gonna do it i was like that's gonna be that's gonna be your opening to ultras it was it was my opening to ultras and i knew as soon as you hit twisted and look at that <laughs> right away now all of a sudden you're pacing 100 milers and then you're signing up for 100 milers see yeah it's a natural progression though like what am i gonna do i can't get I can't go backwards. I can't just go back to doing marathons. I just, I have to go until I break and then whatever race that is, that's where I know my limit is. And then I'll, uh, I'll work from there, but hopefully it's not a hundred. Hopefully it's, you know, my breaking points more than a hundred, but we'll find out. Wow. Okay. So says Phil Nesbitt, he will run a race bigger than a hundred. As long as it's, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to run until physically my body breaks and shuts down. Nope. Nope. I, I heard what you said. I heard what yeah, you said. Yeah. Yeah, are you, you putting me on record as signing up for a for a two hundred mile or something? Like beast, that? Of bur- beast of burden, two hundred. Uh, you never, <laughs> dude. Never. I. You can quote me. I will never do the winter beast of burden. I don't. I don't. Those are those are a different cut of people, man. Those are a different. Yeah. That is a different cut. Yeah, man. I had I had toe warmers and hand warmers in my shoes. I had like three of them in each shoe. You know, and the chafing was unbelievable. And I wasn't even there that long. And then, like, you know, you're cold in certain areas and other things, like you're getting, you know, saliva's freezing on you and just you're, like, uncomfortable the whole time. And Oh, man. It's just, like, Vaseline was definitely my friend that day. It was, it was rough. It's a day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't right for weeks. <laughs> you know how when you, you know how when you run, like, a, a long time and then, you don't know what hurts and then you get in the shower and then you immediately realize where all the chafing was. Uh-huh. It was, it was like that. It was like that to like 
the tenth degree. It was terrible. Yeah, and you're like, you're like, this will be, this will be fine. And uh, the worst that's happened to me though is after all of that, and you finally lay down and you're like, ah, oh, I'm ready to go to sleep, and you just can't get comfortable because certain things hurt in certain <laughs> yeah. places, and you're yeah. like, ah, oh, just gotta find a comfortable if i could get comfortable for four seconds i'll fall asleep <laughs> oh man advil's your friend just like just load up on a couple so you can get some some rest <laughs> uh, when i first started uh doing like biking and stuff competitively i remember i wasn't i was still kind of keen in nutrition so like i wasn't so bad during races but i wasn't doing enough for recovery when i got home and um i, I would some nights like when in the middle of the night when i was sleeping my legs would totally seize up, like totally cramp, like fall out of bed, almost in tears. And my wife was like, what the hell's wrong with you? And like, why do you do this to yourself? Um, but, you know, just imagine this like one in the morning, everybody's dead asleep. And then it's just the worst possible cramping you can imagine. And you're just screaming and she has no idea why. So I've come a long way since then. I can be <laughs> thankful for that. But. That's happened to me. That's happened to me once or twice with like a calf or an arch, but not <laughs> not like full body cramping. Yeah. But I, yeah. yeah, I've had I've had the calf cramp where it's like you just you can't straighten out your leg fast enough, and you're like, yeah, oh. yeah. You know, you you know when you're on the edge too. You know you feel it start to get tight, and you're like, if you just you're worried. Like if I move one degree in the wrong way, it's I'm screwed. I'm, <laughs> it's all gonna shut down. So. Yeah beautiful thing though that's suffering man that's it right there that's that is the best part of life is you just just really pushing yourself some so. some folks at beast of burden might say that that suffering is the best part of life you know only only in the ab only in the absence of warmth only in yeah. the absence of warmth can you truly appreciate it yeah <laughs> screw that <laughs> oh all right, yeah. man. Well, all right. good to chat with you and all that. You, Got you anything too, else I, you want to cover? No, I'm just. I'm, it's glad. I'm glad to hear from you. I'm glad to reach to the outside world, and I'm, you know, glad you guys and, and the family's doing well. And thank you for the work that you're doing, by the way. You know, it's everybody in the healthcare field, and there's a lot of people there that I don't think are being recognized enough. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm I'm really slinging data from Chai Lai, but uh, I do appreciate it. I, I do think it is. It is helping in my own special little nerdy non-contact kind of way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, All thanks right. for having me on, and hopefully, we'll, hopefully, I will talk to you soon. Maybe after after August eighth. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see you from a uh, socially acceptable safe distance soon. <laughs> you got it, man. All right, bye. All right, Chris. Yeah. Woo. Boy, Phil is fit. It sounds like he's ready to throw down as soon as there's a, a venue for throwing down. Maybe he's going to uh, start dropping some of those one-on-one -on -one challenges like he did with Davin, you know. He's going to just start picking people off of Strava or, you know, ultra sign up and just saying, here's something I did, go do it. So uh, all you fast people, uh, check check your email inboxes. You never know when... Uh, Phil's gonna Phil's gonna be in there letting you know his uh, how fit he is. <laughs> All right, so be sure to check out those episode show notes if you want to find out some of the um, races that we discussed. You know, they seem to be most of Phil's favorites: Ontario Summit and Muddy Sneaker, and many on the Jenny. That's that's few Mighty Mosquito, Beast of Burden. I mean, we covered a lot of races there. I think I caught most of them in the show notes. So you know, 
go check those out. And you can also, uh, on there, you'll find a link to the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. So that's kind of, you know, neat too. You want to find out what other people are running or you want to support the show. As things open up over the next few months, uh, I'm going to be working just a bit to remember to be a little bit more considerate and a little bit more patient. You know, as Phil alluded to during the podcast, he understands his level of comfort, but he's also aware of the comfort and concerns of others. So that sort of empathy and understanding is going to be important out on the trails and social gatherings. You know, some people are going to be super excited to just go back to acting normal, you know, throw the mask in the trash and go back to being what life was before. Um, and some others are going to be eager to get out and see folks and go out to social gatherings, but maybe they're still going to be a little bit more cautious. Maybe they're going to be a little bit more considerate. Um, so they might keep their mask. They might not want handshakes and hugs, and they might just kind of hang out in the corner, and who knows? I don't know, but whatever it is, um, I'm going to take a little bit extra time to just sort of be understanding of people's comfort levels and go a little bit out of my way to help make others comfortable. So that might mean that I'm carrying or wearing a mask, even if I specifically don't think it's necessary where I'm at at that point. Oh, these are my three friends. I know that they're fine. Well, I might just bring a mask anyway in case somebody else is there. I don't know, but um, I don't even know what it looks like. I just know what's what I'm thinking about right now. Um, it might even mean to squash that little tick in my mind that wants to be offended if someone else is wearing a mask around me. You know, I, I know it doesn't mean that they think I specifically am going to get them sick, but it's hard not to think that immediately in the moment with the way that our culture is and has gone. So I'm just going to keep some perspective and have some empathy as we all figure out what this thing looks like going forward. And um, I hope to be able to actually get out and see some folks at some races or some even small group runs. I don't even know. But yeah, I think we're all going a little stir crazy. We want things to be normal. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a weird transition. And I think we just all need to... <sighs> breathe a little bit and understand where, uh, meet people where they're at. Finally, uh, thank you to all of this month's Patreon supporters. Um, running inside out turns five next week, five years of doing this podcast. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit weird to look back five years ago. Um, and think, Hey, I'm going to make a podcast. I don't even know what I was getting myself into. And here's this little, uh, I guess kindergartner, I guess. Yeah. Um, so there's no way it could have made it this far without the support of the running community. So really thank you all. If you do look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Check out the homepage, click the banner, you know, any amount of support is appreciated. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening subscribing and telling your friends thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories until next episode be thankful for what you've been given be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost see you out there